The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to Everyday Peace. My name is Dr. Drayvon James and again, you are listening to Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace. Every day, peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. I want you just to take that in because that's you. That's your life. That's your moment right now. No matter what appears to be going on in the external world, you are whole. You are complete. There is nothing missing, nothing broken. You represent totality. So just go ahead and inhale that. Hold it for a minute or two. And exhale completely. Because I want you to know that, yes, every day it is possible for you to have everyday peace. And yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to partner with you to bring you the guest and the topics to help you create your life of peace. So I'm super excited to do that. And last week we had an amazing show. Uh, I really enjoyed that show because we took a break from our usual format and we spent a whole half of the show talking about fear. And if you missed that show, I want you to go back and listen to that. But it was such a uh, heavy topic with my clients. And I thought, well, something's going on and we need to talk about it. So we spent our entire half of the show talking about fear and I really appreciate the listeners who called in I appreciate the feedback that I got those of you who reached out to me on my website thank you for that I also enjoy that type of dialogue so we'll look at doing some more of that type of um, dialogue in the future but um, the callers helped us to take a deep dive into fear then you know that fear we discussed is a powerful emotion that can either help us navigate through danger or fear has also the power to paralyze us and keep us from pursuing our dreams. So if you missed last week's show, I strongly encourage you, go back, listen to it. Even if you did hear it, go back and share it with some of your friends and families and coworkers. It will make a big difference in how we um, live our lives and how we perceive fear. So you can access our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, or you can listen to them on the UnityOnlineRadio.org website. Another place to access our content is at our new and improved website, drdravonjames.com. The website includes transcripts from past shows, words of wisdom and encouragement, excerpts from my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, um, my contact information, thanks to you all who reached out to me via that contact information and you can get my free course creating clarity and creating a path to your dream life so if you haven't been on the website 
please, I encourage you, go to Dr. Drayvon James. That's D-R-D-R-A-B for victory, O-N-James.com. Go there today and bookmark it because the site changes frequently. I am excited about our guest today. We have none other than Jacob Cooper is going to discuss the wisdom that he gained from a near-death experience. And I got to tell you that I enjoy these type of talks um, when you talk to people who've had that glimpse and they're able to share with us. So we're going to have a great um, conversation today and there will be lots of things. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, a notebook, a journal, whatever. Jot down the information that you're getting because we are, guess what we're doing here? We are creating a roadmap to our next level of greatness. That's what we do on the show. So I want you to have notes. And of course, you know, you can always go back and listen to the archives. So I am excited about today's show. But before we get to the show, we have to have our everyday peace moment. And I want to tell you, I was talking with a client this past weekend about the importance of confidence. Right. We all hear about confidence and what a big difference confidence makes. We all know that confidence is an important part of success. Confidence helps determine how others see us and interact with us. I'm going to go even a step further. Confidence determines how we see ourselves right, and how we interact with other people. Right. So um, confidence helps provide us with the courage to start new initiatives in our lives and the resilience to overcome obstacles. So confidence is a critical component to achieving our next level of greatness. Knowing this, how do we gain more confidence? Well, the answer is relatively simple. I I know you've already guessed this. Confidence is a combination of accomplishments and self-awareness, right? The greater the accomplishments, the greater the the confidence, right? So we're using those accomplishments and we, we can extrapolate that out and we become confident from our accomplishments, right? We have some positive proof of something in our life. So, but accomplishments are not enough to create confidence. We need self-awareness and the appropriate attitude are the critical catalyst to convert accomplishments into confidence. So you need that self-awareness, you need an appropriate attitude, and that's how you can um, transform accomplishments into confidence. Our lives are full of accomplishments. Everyone listening today, right now, has had a lot of accomplishments already today. I don't care if you haven't even gotten out the bed, you've had accomplishments today. And yet many people tend to overlook their accomplishments, right? We just don't pay any attention. We take it for granted. And we focus more on our setbacks instead of our accomplishments. So we need to change the narrative. That's how powerful we are as people. We get to change that narrative. We get to decide what we're going to focus on. So this is what I want to challenge everyone, all of our listeners to do for the next week. I'm going to propose one change to your daily routine, which is going to change and improve your confidence uh, like leap by leaps and bounds. Every morning, I want you to do something um, new. This, this is something new that we're going to talk about. I want you to do it the same thing as soon as you wake up. You're going to pick something that you're going to do and you're going to do the same thing every morning when you wake up. So 
you can either decide to improve your physical, emotional, or spiritual health, but you're going to pick one of those categories. You're going to do it the same thing every every morning, not just the weekdays, but on the weekends too, so seven days per week. I want you to do the same thing every morning and recognize and reflect on the fact that you started your day off with an accomplishment. So you get to pick what you want to do. It can be uh, one of many things. You can start your day off with 10-minute meditation. Uh, Maybe you can do a quick exercise. Uh, You could do prayer. Just something. It doesn't have to be something that I would do, something that resonates with you. One of my favorite things, however, is you, you guys know I talked about it on the show so much are my active gratitude cards. I keep little index cards in my nightstand. And when my eyes pop open in the morning, I grab an index card and a writing utensil and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. You don't have to write down three things. I actually write down six things, three things that I was grateful for that happened yesterday and three things that I'm setting an intention for today. That's a great way to do an act of gratitude, but you can start small. You can write down one thing that you're grateful for and you could make that your change behavior. You do that every day as soon as your eyes pop open. I think that's a great one. It's really easy to do. So no matter what you choose, however, as long as you do it every morning, right when you wake up and we're going to do this for a solid week. So I would love it if you guys would continue to interact with me via um, my new website or call in on the show and say, hey, Drayvon, guess what I did? I did my new thing for um, seven days. That'd be great. So you're going to do it for seven days and recognize afterward that you accomplish something. But as you go along in your day, you can reflect no matter what's going on in your day, you can reflect, reflect that you started the day off with a win. You set an intention of something you were going to do. Hopefully you set that intention today during this show, jot it down, what it is that you're going to do for the next seven days. First thing in the morning when you wake up and perhaps you will find that as the day goes on, um, that you will notice other accomplishments that you have tend to overlook every day. Accomplishments that you're not giving yourself credit for. Accomplishments that could lead to improved self-confidence. We're not talking about ego. We're talking about self-confidence. When you're more self-confident, it improves your performance. It improves other people's confidence in you. And so it's very, very important. And um, so that's how we're going we're gonna to deal with confidence. I hope that's really helpful for everyone. Confidence is important and you are important. So that is our everyday peace moment. And now we're going to go to our first guest. Jacob Cooper is a clinical social worker, speaker, and author. His book, Life After Birth, explores the wisdom gained after a near-death experience. Jacob, it is so wonderful to have you here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, an honor to be here and talking about my new book, Life After Breath, and it's just so exciting. I love what you do and and all that you're about. Yeah. I said birth. You guys, excuse me. <laughs> Life after breath. That's so important. That too. That too. The, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think we're all proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if we're lucky, if we're lucky, yeah. As it was coming out yeah. of my mouth, I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. So, life after <laughs> breath. Life after breath. I actually love the title, to be honest with you. I think it's a, a great title. Yeah. I'm even more fascinated, as I told you before the show, um, about uh, these. Uh, near-death experiences that people come back and they bring these incredible messages to us. And so I'm I'm delighted to have you with us today. And I want to just start off at the very beginning. Um, 
you know, you had this experience. What was the experience and how did it lead to this book, Life After Breath? Yeah, you know, the the title leads itself to my near-death experience in a sense that the majority of people, when they're about to die, usually their breathing becomes more belabored, resuscitated. And that certainly happened to myself at the age of three in September of 1993. I had a highly contagious upper respiratory virus called whooping cough, or gener- the, 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 ter- the term of it is pertussis generic term is whooping cough. And so whooping cough for infants, children, or even in rare cases, some adults could be fatal or quite serious in terms of its uh, damage. And so I suffocated due to whooping cough and I wasn't able to breathe. And uh, once I was able to, once I've lost my breath and I lost everything, was when I gained an awareness of the breath of eternity that I was, that I, you, and everyone else's bestowed, and this was a breath beyond the body, beyond just the respiratory and the lungs, and um, it was just a firm understanding that this was a breath that we were born into and could never be taken from you. We are the spirit of the eternity. Uh, But, you know, I think really what inspired me to write the book was just the parallels um, with, with the macro times and what was happening this past year. In my near-death experience, it was just striking, you know, just the highly contagious upper respiratory situation. And, you know, people, in some ways or not, you know, feeling out of sorts, out of breath. And so how do we find something when we feel like we've lost the rug that we were pulled or, you know, the oxygen has been pulled from our life? And how do we find a foundation when all that we know and we're familiar with is taken from us? Yeah, and you know, I know people who suffer from asthma can definitely relate. I happen not to be one of those people, but I did have a choking experience one time, and it was in- incredible to just go through that whole experience and think about how often we're talking. I opened the show up talking about confidence, but how often we take so many things for granted, and the simple uh, fact of being able to breathe in and out. Right. And it can really have a sobering experience uh, effect on one's life and really make you think, oh, my goodness, I'm taking so many. What else am I taking for granted? Right. When we're taking those the fundamental thing of life. But you said something that I thought was very interesting. You said it's this, um, the breath is the, the spirit of eternity. The spirit. That's of right. Eternity. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I come from the Jewish faith, the Jewish tradition and the word that we say for spirit is uh, Ruach, which means really the wind of God um, in, its, in, its, in its form. And so we are all spirits. We're all just the wind of the divine or God or the collective, whatever you decide to frame it as. It's all around the same, just different paths of the mountain. Uh, but that's something that we are born with and we will never be taken from us, regardless of what happens to body in different lifetimes. I, I had a firm recollection and direct experience of living proof of that. Yeah, talk talk a little bit, if you can, about the recollection, the firm recollection that you had during that very um, traumatic experience. Yeah, well, it's, it's wonderful that you use the word trauma, because trauma 
you know, certainly as a psychotherapist, I could very well see much like anything else as a double-edged sword. Uh, for myself, uh, the fact in this particular situation, the positive of the traumatic suffocation experience allowed me to be able to retain it beyond conventional wisdom of memory. You know, it's very hard for most people to have memories at such a young age, but the intensified trauma of it was how I held on to it. But, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on the euphoric elements of near-death experience, but there was a lot of also unresolved trauma from suffocation. I was in a park with family friends in September of 1993. It was right before the Jewish high holiday of Yom Kippur, a day of atonement, a day where you're getting yourself ready to meet the Creator for, for a year of health, well-being, and so you're trying to clean yourself and you're trying to be pure as you meet the Creator, you know, and, and you want to enter the new year with health, well-being, and a new, fresh uh, start. Uh, you know, little did I know I was certainly about to meet the Creator. It was just diametrically different, you know, and contrary to, you know, the, the I guess the faith that I was brought into in many extents. Uh, this was a very direct micro-connection. It wasn't a, you know, something that I was taught to me, you know, through, through an organized faith. Um, and so, you know, I was in a park, and I went up to a slide um, within the park. And so I was climbing up each rung of the ladder up on the slide, and as I was climbing up each rung of the ladder, my breathing became even more difficult. And I went to the top of the ladder on the slide, and my breathing just totally stopped, where literally, you know, there was nothing. I was totally suffocated. And that was hands down the scariest moment of my life. Um, I think when you hear something, you're, you just hear the word suffocation of the word. But have, you know, if you're, anyone who's experienced suffocation will be able to tell you just how truly traumatizing and scary, you know, that is. Where you're not in your body, you're not in somewhere else, you're in just this period of what felt like eternal suffering. Uh, you know, little did I know, a couple moments later, um, from suffocation, you know, my body you know, obviously was deprived of oxygen and it began to shut down. And, you know, much like if a car's not working, if you're driving a car and you're trying to rev up the engine, it's not working, you're going to get outside of your car, maybe call triple A or look, you know, open up the hood and look at the engine. So that's what I was doing because my body was no longer working with me or for me. It was, you know, just irresponsive. It was not working. So I was able to scan my body and understand in a lot of deeper ways that I wouldn't be privy to had I gone to a top medical school, bear in mind a child of three years old who had no understanding of any anatomy or physiology, any of that nature. Moments later, I was able to have a profound understanding of my brain and the different components, and structural, uh, neurological components of this. And I was able to see that my brain, due to the deprivation of oxygen, was beginning to shut down. And within a couple moments, I felt a massive crack within my brain you know, due to the suffocation and deprivation of oxygen. And once my brain cracked in half, that's when spirit and God came in, so to speak, as the saying says, and I was you know, going at some insane speed at a journey upwards to no end, where infinite wasn't just time, it was feeling, it was awareness, it was senses far greater, far beyond anything that we could possibly imagine within this physical state. Uh, there's no capacity or no limit to how high are the apex, the endless apex of your, your travels. Was, was what I was experiencing. And I was able, within that moment, to have euphoric 
understanding and, and, and clear understanding of what I could best describe as an encounter with just the climax of the world or, or of life as we know it. And to me, that could be best described as, as God. And I do believe God is in everything, but within those moments, I was vibrating as, as high as you possibly go. And I was just in this endless array of light and, and energy, you know, just almost as if you're going up to the top of this endless path. And the best way I could describe that is the eternal light of God that I was aware of. It was just so profound and so bright. Uh, you know, the right side of my head, it was just this beautiful golden palace that I was aware of. And just this euphoric, uh, climactical with no end experience. A couple moments later, I had you know, other awarenesses that I chronicle in life after breath. But really, you know, the most profound awarenesses were my clear understanding of my spiritual guides who were to the right and left side of me, a male and female entity. At the time, you know, they were, they were just massive, and I knew their names and who they were in my relationship with them. And it just was, it was a wonderful reunification and reunion with, you know, the beings on the other side. And moments later, I was greeted by an endless sea of angels, which was surrounding my body, which was flatlined and irresponsive to people's calls. And it was just a filter. You know, people think of heaven as a million miles away, and it can be. Uh, you know, it can feel like that, but it's also overlaying this physical reality, just a thin veil, you know, right above this reality. So heaven is really right here and in the hearts of all of us. It's never left us, despite sometimes us forgetting it. So I had a lot of other different elements. Hopefully we can get into those within time. But it was just, um, you know, just a wonderful reunion, you know, that led itself into awareness of previous lifetimes, soul purposes, you know, reacquainting myself with you know, spirit family or my soul family or soul tribe, um, you know, as well as really just a clear transparency of, you know, what this lifetime is and how this is a brightly guided life and charted life for each one of us. It's not within a random, you know, kind of existence. So it was, it was quite profound. And hopefully we can get into some of the other finer details you know, throughout yeah. our, the duration of our talk. We will, because you've just said so many fascinating things, Jacob. And one thing I want to go back to that you said just a moment ago was that you had this euphoric understanding that infinite meant more than time. And oh. that is just like gripped my heart. It's just right here on me because uh, intuitively somewhere inside of me, I know that too, but the way that you said it, I think was so beautiful. It's feeling, it's everything is infinite, not just time. And uh, to be able to feel that in that moment, actually I have like two bumps on me because I think that that is, that's powerful. That's if we actually all felt that it would change, really change the way we approach everything in life. Right. It would yeah, really you know, change. Yeah. Yeah, I it think is, part of the issue is is the word infinite is a finite word. Words are finite. And so mm -hmm. when we're talking about the infinite, I think that's the best descriptive word, but obviously words are limiting. But infinite is infinite on the other side in terms of its versatility, in terms of its meaning. You know, everything that you encounter 
has no end, no beginning, no middle. And so for listeners or, or ourselves, that is such a diametrically different experience. The majority of our lives, which is, you know, for most of us governed by the linear mind. We're used to, you know, it's almost kind of like social media, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, what's trending. And when you're on the other side, it's just you're at this stillness, this still point where there's no past, present, you know, it's all just one moment. And I think the, the greatest feeling that I had is we're so used to trying to strive to get to that place to give us happiness. You know, I think happiness has a transactional understanding where we have this checklist and future scheduled events is almost, you know, when we, okay, are bracing ourselves for a fearful situation or when we could feel joy. But when you're there on the other side, it's like you've got, there's nothing to, to do or to look forward to. You're just in this present well, where all that ever is and ever was is there. And it's, it's, it's perfection and all is well. And, you know, I think a part of us is, is almost kind of bracing and, and, and so different and going off of adrenaline and fear within our life to, to survive and, you know, get to the next point and we're running around. But when you're there, you're not looked at for what you do, but you're embraced for who you are, which is a part eternally connected to spirit and, and to God. And that part of you is sacred and holy. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we think that becomes something, we have to do something. And when you're on the other side, you recognize you already are that. You are mm -hmm. sacred, holy, eternal grace. We just have to remember that when we're human <laughs> and live from right. that and embody that. So you know what occurs to me when you, as you're talking is that one this happened to you young in life and and you and I I believe and it sounds like you may believe this as well is that when we come into this embodiment um, we sort of forget because uh, wh where we come from who we really are and we attach everything to this flesh suit that we have on called a body and we define our existence through this body. But what I'm hearing you say is that you were able to sort of transcend that with this near death experience where um, you're able to, you, you said you use this phrase and it, I thought it was beautiful. It, it's like you're you cracked open, cracked in half. And when you cracked in half, my, my yeah, like, my brain cracked open. Yeah. Right. So we're yeah. going to come back right after this break. We're having a delightful discussion with our guest today. Uh, we're discussing uh, life after breath with Jacob Cooper. More after the break. My pleasure. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We're here with Jacob Cooper, and he is the fascinating author of um, Life After Breath. And we are discussing his near-death experience and what he brought back from that near-death experience. And one of the questions that I have for you is, um, how are you able, this happened so many years ago and you were so young, and I, and I have my thoughts about um, that being a benefit when you were so young, but how are you able to remember so much of this um, right. today? 
Yeah, you know, that's a question that I'm posed, uh, and, and I understand, you know, that, and, and maybe some of the controversy, which controversy is good. It, it causes people to think a little bit differently, and they come to conclusions based off of levels of awareness and consciousness, and everyone unfolds exactly as they should. My answer is, how could I forget? How could we forget? How could we forget that we are beyond this body, beyond this lifetime? We are so much more than what we see ourselves as. Uh, but from the ground up, it was really trauma that was, like I said before, that double-edged sword, as well as an experience that went far beyond my own production of my body and my brain, as I saw. And this is an experience far beyond this, this, this earth and this lifetime. And, and so I think because of that, it really wasn't produced or generated from this lifetime. It was infinite. And so infinite has no end and has no limitation. And when you're having infinite experiences, there's a timelessness to it. And it goes beyond logic of linear development in the linear mind. Uh, but I never forgot it, you know, from my heart. At times it would, you know, go in and out of my mind and, you know, try to put down the beach ball and put it in the water. But eventually this experience would always find me. It would always be there, you know, in the back or front of my mind in some way. And it never truly left me. Um, yeah. I never truly left it. And I think that's beautiful, too. And during the break, which may have all been um, aired on, on the air, I think it's all beneficial. I was mentioning to you that I believe and, and have always believed this, that when we come into this embodiment, when we're, we're born here, you know, we're we're encoded. We know what what the journey is supposed to be. We know all that. But then life's experience, mm -hmm. this, you know, and living in this body, the body requires so much. The flesh requires so much. We get a switch in our attention and our focus. And we take our focus off of the journey that we're meant to have. And we put it more so on the body that we are babysitting while we're here. So I think that, you know, as I'm listening to your story, what occurs to me, one, exactly what you said, time is not linear. So that only, that linear journey only exists in the physical mind. But also the fact that you were so young when this was happening to you, you were closer to that, you know, um, new experience of just now being in this body. And, and uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mindful of in the word of God, it says that, you know, we have to be, have the mind of a child, be like a child. It references that so much in the Bible. And I think because they're closer to where they came from, you know, we're further removed from it when we're adults and we have a tendency right. to try to to try to come out of the body, come out of the experience into the linear existence. So to me, it's, it's perfectly reasonable that you would remember all of this and more so, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the memory would be more inside of you than in your mind. It's like a part of you almost that you can feel yeah. all over you. All right. Yeah, that's that's how yeah. I, that's well, how I... well, it's funny that you mentioned that because this experience happened within a playground and there was so much allegory and symbology beyond that, but it happened in a ladder, you know, on a slide. And my name is Jacob, much like Jacob's ladder. From the biblical reference, when he saw the angels going up and down the ladder, you know, and I, that's just, it's just so scary. And just, it just doesn't see, it's, 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 it's too hard to believe. And then if this was also within a playground and how we are just all God's children here playing here on earth in this playground. You know, we're here temporarily and we're here to get along. We're here to remember each other, that we are brothers and sisters keepers. 
And so really, you know, so much of the experience, I don't necessarily think happened for me, but rather to remind people uh, of this, some of these truths extracted from this experience. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, just, uh, you just said something that is key, right? That we're, all, I'm going to go back to your beginning point, which is really, um, it's going to stay with me for life, I hope, is that, you know, you said the wind of God, spirit, in other words, is the wind of God, that phrase, the wind of God, and that we each represent the wind of God, right? And so the wind coming from the north, the south, east, and the west, is the, we're all coming together from one source, but we're coming at life from different perspectives, and that's what makes it so beautiful. But we're all really part of one whole, right? which, right. which is so amazing, right? That we're, you know, and so our one of the journeys I see anyway is that for us to find ourselves or find God even in every person that we meet no matter no matter what our differences appear to be we all represent this wind and i just think that's just just amazing i did want to go to um, talk about and uh, we were mentioning you and i the i guess i want to say symbolism from your experience as it relates to different parts of the bible and one of the things you had mentioned was jacob's ladder Maybe we could discuss a little bit about the the similarities or the correlation there. Yeah, you know, it, it, depending on which which faith you ask, certainly, you know, the Islamic faith and Jewish faith have different you know takes on, you know, the story of Jacob or what they call Yakub. Uh, but you know, at least within you know the Old Testament, you know, Christian Judeo, you know, teachings with you know within Genesis. I mean, Jacob, you know you know, fleed or, you know, ran away uh, from his brother Esau at the time. And he had a profound dream after resting on a bed of rocks. And upon resting, he had a dream of angels going up and down the ladder and ascending up and down the ladder. And this was in a place in Israel today that's called Beit El, or the house of God. And so uh, that's what it translates as. And so, you know, I really think it's in the next book that I'm working on. I don't want to give away the full title, but it has some of that element within it. You know, it's in each and every lifetime that we live. We're here to ascend different rungs of the ladder, but we're here to also be connected to the infinite steps, the infinite rungs in the ladder, you know, to the eternal light and to bring that down with ourselves to the earth and to embody and to have our feet firmly planted with our consciousness, very much connected to the eternal truths and eternal wisdom um you know so that that's something you know and wisdom is eternal facts are changing moment to moment and so i think really this is about connecting to eternal wisdom and grace and remembering that because i think it's all within every one of us but it's about implementing and integrating it and living it you know not just right. knowing and understanding it right living wisdom returning to wisdom if you will you know so and i I think i know the answer to this but from your comments you believe in in there being uh reincarnation or some sort you know whether you're coming back in this embodiment but you believe that this this is cyclical you know the body spirit Mm -hmm. yeah you know i I try not to use the word believe because sometimes you know within belief that you know, it's almost kind of like a religious statement. I think when spiritual, uh, you know, understanding, it's more of a knowing, which is based off of direct experiential 
you know, extent. And I think that's, that's a big, a big uh, differentiating point with, with the knowing and, oh, and, um, and a belief. <laughs> but when but, I but teach, the, the, yeah. I tell people oftentimes, I said, you know, so this is how, you know, I, I believe the same, or I know the same thing that you know. I said, when I talk about a knowing, I'm asking you the difference between believing and knowing to me is right. if, I were to, if I were to go to you and say, do you believe your name is Jacob or do you know your name is Jacob, right? And so, right. <laughs> and so you say, oh, I know my name is Jacob. And I said, that's how, that's, that's how wide I think the difference right. is between someone who tells me I believe believe something and I know something. Right, right. I, I, I right. agree with you 100%. The knowing yeah. is so, is so important when you know something. It's just, it's that's just it, isn't it? There doesn't need any, uh, any other confirmation. It's just a knowing, right. needing, standing right. all on its own. So that's, that's beautiful. So, well, and so we talked about the, the, the Jacob's ladder and there were other references. You mentioned um, the 12 tribes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this this deals obviously and obviously we send our thoughts, you know, to everything going on in the Middle East, especially within the land of Israel, that there is cohesiveness and peace and just a remembrance uh, of something far greater than, you know, some of the tension beyond them and beyond all the smoke. There's a unified, connecting point uh, that that is forever intertwined with us and sometimes that's lost within this lifetime. But yes, you know, it's within you know the Bible there was a reference to Moses. You know, trying, you know, having a commandment to get the 12 spies to look at the land of Israel and to investigate it and to report back on the land. And obviously, they wanted a positive report. You know, that's, you know, you wanted to keep it positive. But they, a lot of the spies, you know, loved the land. They saw it was overabundant. Some were intimidated that they could go to it and conquer it or, or just, or just live there. And so I almost think that in a way, uh, near-death experiencers are like that in, in a little bit with the Holy Land, in the sense that we go to this place, we go to the other side, and here we are here to report it. The difference is, is that this place is not monopolized by myself, the near-death experiencer. It is something that I try to do to remind everyone of. You know, there's a saying in Japan that you you don't you don't bother to awaken the sleep. You let them rest, and eventually they, they come up and they awaken. And so my job is just to discuss this, these kind of matters and for people that resonate it and, and, and vibrate high enough and remember it will start to not be defined by my story of the afterlife, but to really live out of their own memory of the afterlife and to govern their lives from the inside out of memory versus the outside in and just kind of forgetting, you know, that part of themselves. Right. So basically you're here just to remind people of something they already know and I think that's beautiful. And we're all vibrating at these frequencies. So either you know it now or you will know it in one of these embodiments. But for those people who are on that, for, and it's, you know, there's no hierarchy to this. It's just what it is. Um, so either you know it now or you will know it. And I, I love that you, your your job is just to be just to remind people. And it's good right. for those. Put for it those yeah. Right. And for those who have, as the word of God says, have an ear to hear, um, will hear and listen and understand. So I, I think that is beautiful that, that you and that you have the courage to do so, because I only can imagine, you know, there are so many uh, people who are not and there's no judgment or shame or condemnation in this statement. But there are so many people who are not at that level who would be, you know, skeptical or this or that. So it does take a lot of courage to step out. And I applaud you for that. Stepping out and saying, here's what I know. Here's what I experienced. And this is what I 
what I want to share in hopes of um, helping someone else. So I think that's beautiful. We do have a caller on the line. I'm going to go ahead and, and bring them on. Hello. So we are being heard. This is great. Yes. Hello. Yes, we are. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for calling the show. You're, you're live with our special guest, Jacob Cooper, today. Hi. Hi. Good. Another great show, Dr. James. So um, I, I came in sort of <clears throat> midway through, um, but I heard you all um, just the discussion I thought was very great. And so since you, I think at one point, I, I think you were talking about, um, oh, my gosh, it, it slips my mind. But the question I had for um, uh, Mr. Cooper is that do you think that, since you experienced, uh, you had a near-death experience. Do you do you think, and I don't know if this correlates, but do you think that um, there is such a thing as parallel universes, so that you may experience something and then you feel, and then later on you felt like I've experienced that already, and so I don't know how much that correlates, but it just being that you went through that, I, I often wonder um, if someone who's gone through that believes in that whole concept of there being parallel universes where we have, where, where there's another one of us um, and we may sort of uh, pass each other. Yeah. You know, I think in a way, part of our consciousness isn't just within this body. You know, it might be a trickle of it, but we're also very much eternally connected to other realms and stuff like that. Uh, but I would say is the experience felt like as if I've already seen it and had it. And that is because mm. we've all lived lifetimes. We've all crossed over. We're all forever connected to it. It's home, and it's a place where we're always connected to it, even in the physical. And so, yes, we're in this body. Yes, we're in this lifetime. But in the doorways of our own heart, there's always a, there's always a creek and always an opening to that part of us. And, you know, love never ends. Love never dies. We are eternally loved and connected to loved ones on the other side. And there's just a symbiotic love between the two of us that can never be broken. And so I, you know, I don't know necessarily there are terms as term is limiting, limiting, but all I could say is we are so much more than just this body, you know, in this lifetime that we think and so much more connected, you know, to, to so many different elements, you know, beyond right. what we think we are and what we know. Right. And, and I have one more question for you. Do you think that, you know, we people, scientists have been trying to develop um, physical time travel, but do you think that mentally we sort of time travel, like when we, if we focus on things in the past and then we try to actually put ourselves in those exact spaces that we were in when we were younger, or we try to project what would happen when we're older, do you think that mentally we do some sort of like type of time travel? When we're out of the linear mind and we're in, you know, the disembodied state in sleep or we're, you know, it, 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 you know, in a deepened kind of hypnotic state, you know, we're beyond time. And so we're wow. able to observe and to become more aware of things that we, we, we might be privy to from living in the full analytical linear mind. And so mm. I think in a way, you know, the linear mind is just the surface beyond that within a recollection within our experiences. There's so much more, you know, to be gained from. And so I almost look at the linear mind as just the Internet station that we're tuned into, but the mm -hmm. mind itself is the Internet itself. And so it's got infinite channels. Oh, wow. And so we wow. have the ability to really tune into a lot of different channels 
when we tune into different Wi-Fis, then we, our memory almost kind of becomes solar. I can't say we're experiencing or, or not, but we can become the observer of a lot of things that we okay. might be privy to, and that really ties in with a lot of my other work as, as in hypnosis and stuff like that. So. Oh. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, your, your guest is great, Dr. James. I really like this kind of um, discussion. So thank you for having Mr. Cooper on. Just awesome. Oh, thank you. And thank you for My being pleasure. an everyday, everyday peacemaker. Uh, and Jacob, I got to say, you led me right down into this question because I, you said something just so profound. Everything you're saying is just really resonating with me and obviously our guest as well. Uh, are, we are just tuned into one small channel of the Internet. Do you have anything, any small uh, token of wisdom that, that we could, that our audience could take away to tune into a, to a different channel or a more broad channel to, to advance and integrate more yeah. of this experience? I would say the ultimate channel, the ultimate ally within our lifetimes is inspiration and love. Those are the two forms of oxygen that could surpass any form of struggle or triumph that we're going through. And I'm the living embodiment of that. You know, with everything was lost for me all of my breathing, all of my bodily functioning, in the uttermost moments of pure suffocation and suffering, I experienced behind the shadows of that a remembrance and a recollection and an experience of eternal joy, eternal love, eternal wisdom, and a timelessness experience that can never be taken from me. And so in short, no matter what you're going through, what's around you, and the loved ones that are supporting you, is infinitely greater than any challenge in front of you. Otherwise, you would not be having that challenge if you weren't meant to grow and expand from it. But I think a lot of it has to do with the highways of the mind that you decide to take. If there's a suffering or victim mindset or there's a growth and expansive mindset, which decides to really allow the experience to govern you or for you to govern the experience and to learn and grow from the experience, to transform experience into everyday grace. I think those are the two roads that never leave us. You know, I'm, I'm reminded when you talk about that, Einstein said that every morning when we awake, we have to make a decision whether or not, one, we live in a hostile world that is out to get us. So that means every every challenge that comes up is meant to destroy us. Right. Or two, we live in a friendly world that supports us on our journey. And I'm, these are my words, I'm paraphrasing, but on our next to our next level of greatness. And when you really take the latter approach, this all everything that's happening today, no matter how you want to term it, I, I don't like to use good and bad, but no matter what it feels like, it is really for our good. It is challenging us to our next level of greatness if we let it do that. If we get in there and say, you know what, yeah, I'm meant to learn something from this. Even if I don't know what it is, I know that I am connected to source. This is infinite love. Um, so what is it? And we have about two minutes left. What is it? You know, you, a lot of things happen and you'll have to come back if you I would love to have you back on because we haven't even scratched the surface of um, your understanding from this near death experience. But what is it that you believe could be one um, overall message that you were meant to come back and share with us from your near death experience? One is obviously that we don't die. I'm living proof of that, not only from any other experience of coming back to you from that, you know, the place where there was nothingness. And, and also from losing everything, I was able to gain everything. And I think some people, they fear that. They fear losing 
their viewpoints of life and they hold on to that dearly and they plateau. They don't necessarily grow. And I think what I learned from that was my near-death experience was not a close-ended experience, but an eternal open-ended experience to look at the nature of reality and life itself. And I view that as every day is an opportunity to evolve, to grow, to expand in awareness so that I don't have to wait till I die to become enlightened, that I could live it right here, right now, in this moment. And I think enlightened is just being in light and almost like a projector in a movie screen. We are this eternal light and we have to at times allow ourselves to take away the shadows that we or the world puts in front of us and connect to that pure light so that we can project that onto the world each and every day as strongly as we can. And that light is who we are. We are here, we are here to remember that light and to forget Jacob. and to let go of the darkness. You have you have been the light for us today. This is Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love each and every one of you. Tune in next week for more Everyday Peace. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.